Hello guys and welcome to Odson Serie third match day. We are going to analyze, of course, all 10 games with our specialist, Danny Fisichella. How are you, Danny? Ciao, Edu. All very well. So we are still in the middle of this international break. There's still one game to go, but at the weekend there are already two great games in Serie A, two games that could tell us a lot about who could win the title, who could finish in the top four, who's going to be the big surprise of this season. And, you know, I think this round of games, because it comes after the international games, a lot of players coming back from all over the world, there could be surprises. Yes, and before the start of the Champions League and the Europa League, so the coaches will make a, a lot of changes. Uh, remember, guys, leave a comment below and give us your tips and your comments about this third match day. And of course, ask any question to Danny in this uh, live video. And don't forget to click on the like and subscribe to our channel and click on the bell to get notifications. So, Danny. Let's start. Uh, remember that there are five teams who have won all two games uh, so far, but none these two teams. Uh, Empoli Venezia, we are going to start with these uh, two newly promoted teams uh, at the Carlo Castellani. Last season was a 1-1 in Empoli, 2-0 victory for Venezia, but the truth is that the, in this start of the season, Empoli have started way better because, as we know, they were the huge surprise of last match. They beating Juventus 0-1 with Mancuso scoring the winner. Last season, Benevento, for instance, was able to beat Juventus also at home. Whereas Venezia, Dani, not great for them. Zero points. They lost against Napoli, something expected, but also this 3-0 defeat against Udinese probably tell us that they will suffer a lot this season. Five goals conceded for Venezia, none scored, not really many clear-cut chances at uh, Udine. So, yeah, very disappointing start for them. But, you know, curiously, as you remember, uh, last year Empoli stormed uh, the Serie B league. They were, uh, in the end, 14 points ahead of Venezia, who only got promoted thanks to the playoff. But during the regular season, Venezia were unbeaten against Empoli. That was, you know, quite strange for such a, a powerful team as Empoli in the Serie B. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they lived a very different start to the season. I think uh, Empoli kept most of the block from the Serie B and brought them into uh, Serie A with a couple of addition of experienced players. Obviously, they changed uh, the manager to Andrea Zoli, who himself has a lot of experience in Serie A already. And obviously, great uh, game plan, which worked really well in uh, Torino against Juventus to uh, achieve a historical uh, win. Whereas for Venezia, what we learn is that Paolo Zanetti, the manager, always makes some changes. He changes seven players from the second, from the first game to the second game. And now, probably for this game, again, they're going to make four or five changes. We might see a start for... Ampadu, the Wales in uh, the Welsh in centre midfielder, maybe also Mattia Aramu playing up front. Um, you know, the number 10, little number 10 is going to be so skillful for uh, Venezia. But I think both teams will try to keep hold of the ball, uh, they will try to control the game. These are teams that they don't really like to sit back and play out the counter. But who's got the best squad? Who's got the best team? 
probably at the moment Empoli, you know, especially up front, Cutrone, uh, you know, it seems so old, but it's just young. He's, he's still a young player that needs to uh, prove himself and Mancuso. So they will keep the same formation they work in Turin, 4-2-3-1. As you can see, there are good odds for Empoli to win the game. So why not? You almost double your stake, but they went for one better. Empoli to win the first half, 2-48. Mm, Cutrone, what a classic also in the Italian football. Then you mentioned that there are two games that are going to be very important to see how it's going to develop this uh, Serie A. I'm for sure you were talking about this Napoli-Juventus, especially because Juventus after two match days is very strange to see them in the bottom half of the table. One point only, the one that they got in Udine, then they mentioned the defeat against Empoli, they lost Sia uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Luckily for them, their debut in Champions League is going to be easy, supposedly, because they are playing against uh, Malmo, whereas Napoli done it, two games, two victories, great uh, start for them, beating Genoa and beating also Venezia. What do you expect here? Napoli is slightly favorite and this is already something strange. Maybe because in the last two home games at the Maradona, Napoli have won those 1-0 last season, 2-1 mm -hmm. the season before. Uh, you know, this is going to be a crucial game for Allegri, who cannot afford to lose one. Also because, as you mentioned, then there is Champions League midweek and Milan, Milan. The next match day at home, and he's already under pressure. Let's say that Juventus have managed the old Ronaldo uh, situation so badly, uh, they almost been caught off guard and surprised by the fact that the Portuguese wanted to leave. In the end, they brought Moise Ken to replace him, they paid him more than what they sold him three years ago to Everton. The old situation was very, very confused, and the team looked confused against Temple on the pitch and I think what shows you that confusion is that Danilo was playing in midfield in front of the back four yes he has played the role before when he's playing in Brazil yes he's done it with Pirlo but not with great results and that tells you the Juventus despite signing Locatelli who I'm I'm sure it's going to be a brilliant signing and we already saw him in the game of Italy against Switzerland what he could do but he's not a regista, he's not a playmaker. And Juventus are struggling in that position because Arthur hasn't imposed himself. Uh, Ramsey has been tried in that position during the summer, but now is slightly injured. So Allegri's got a really difficult dilemma uh, to solve. Uh, probably for this game as well, it's very difficult to call because there are a lot of South American players coming back uh, from their trip. For example, uh, Napoli have lost the keeper Meret due to injury. So Ospina, the Colombian, should start in goal. It's a little detail. Ospina plays with his national team on Thursday night, so he needs to fly with a special plane back to Napoli in the early hours of Friday and then be on the pitch on Saturday. I mean, uh, it's quite a task, but it's not just him. Hossiman has been playing with Nigeria. He scored yesterday. His suspension has been reduced, so he'll be on the pitch. Juventus, obviously, they might be without Dybala, Quadrado, so there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of uncertainties in uh, this uh, game. What we can say is that Napoli have been a touch lucky, perhaps against Genoa. I don't think they deserve completely the win. Uh, they didn't have a great transfer market. I don't think they strengthened the team enough. You know, if you're still
still left with Mario Rui as a left back. He probably got a problem. And, you know, uh, let's see who starts up front for um, for Juventus because uh, uh, Kuluseski, for example, has been really positive with Sweden in the international break. Basically, what they need is the hunger, that desire, that Juventus style that perhaps they have forgotten in the last few years. Let's not underestimate Allegri. He can manage the situations very well. I'm not going to call a winner here. It's too difficult. Over 2.5 goals, 1.96. I was going to tell you, after all this bad news for Juventus, the positive one is that Allegri is on the bench and he's a very experienced manager and he knows what to do with uh, his Juventus. Very interesting, this Napoli-Juve. Also, the last one on Saturday, Atalanta-Fiorentina. Four points for Atalanta, but probably not the start of the season that we expected from Gasperini's men. They were very lucky with that victory against Torino in the opening game. They drew at home 0-0 against uh, Bologna. They also have uh, Champions League. They are facing Villarreal in, on Tuesday. Whereas for Fiorentina, Dani three points, also the victory against Torino. The good news is that uh, Blahovic is still in the team and actually he scored in that uh, game. And we know that they lost in the opening game of the season at the Olympico, but they didn't play that bad, actually. No, absolutely. And these are two teams that I think they've strengthened themselves a lot during the transfer market. You know, a masterstroke from Atalanta. They have done it again. They've sold El Cudi Romero and they brought in good players, good talents, Koppenmeyers, I think, what a coup at the end of the transfer windows from AZ Alkmaar and he's a player, he's a young player under Gasperini, can really uh, flourish and then you got, you got Demiral, not a great international break for him, but again, young player that can flourish. Also, they have other uh, um, options, Zappacosta being brought back again. I think this is could be a team that they could challenge for the title. And I think this game is going to tell us how much they could challenge for the title. Because let's not forget, Atalanta, they often finish the season very strongly. But what holds them back, especially when they've been playing in Europe, is the fact that they start slowly, especially when they have midweek games. And, you know, the rotation, the pressure of the travel... They always drop point. They some, sometimes drop point. And they did it against Bologna at home, nil-nil. I didn't expect that. And they lack the clear-cut chances. Now, for this game, Muriel and Zapata are in doubt. One for injuries, one because after a long travel. They still be without Gossens, who's basically one of the main threats there on the left-hand side. Let's not forget they go to Villarreal midweek. And they face a Fiorentina that had a very positive summer because, as you mentioned, they kept hold of the big players, Blaovic, um, um, the defender. No, no, they did the Serbian defender, the name, Milenkovic, uh, of course. And they brought in Nico Gonzalez. Nico Gonzalez from Stuttgart, the transfer record, scored the last game, very useful as well when he played against Roma, can play on both in, on both sides of the attack. Will he play? We don't know because he's coming back from international break. But again, he's already a star in uh, Florence. Dragoski, the keeper, is back from suspension. And Torreira. Another great coup, uh, you know, out of favor at Arsenal, inexplicably, really. Don't they need someone with a little bit of character, a little bit of strength there in midfield? But Fiorentina has him. He can provide short passes, long passes, set the tempos. Was brilliant at Sampdoria. Fiorentina has an handicap, plus one to ten. 
Yeah, uh, actually we were also flagging Fiorentina double chance 2.64 in case they get a point. Uh, Atalanta, Dani, they are uh, still third favorites to win the title. You mentioned before, odds 7.0. Juventus still favorite, of course, we just started the season. Odds 2.85. The, the, the odds are getting higher for Juventus because eh? <laughs> I checked them. They started below two and now are over 2.5, you know. Yep, uh, of course, if they continue dropping points and the current champions is uh, Inter Milan and they had a great start of the season, of course, they were able to thrust uh, Genoa to beat Verona, which is not uh, easy when you are playing at the Bentegodi with Correa scoring. And now they have to travel uh, to Genoa. Dani is not also easy to play Sampdoria. They know it well because last season they lost, actually. 2-1 against the team that trained by then uh, for Ranieri, Sampdoria, a slow start for them, only one point, but also they had a tough calendar, Sassuolo and Milan, no goals scored, only one goal conceded. It was a really tricky game last year, I remember, 6th of January after the break, Inter went to Marassi, and, uh, you know, they were put under pressure a lot, especially because uh, Sampdoria back then and this year, because it's pretty much the same formation, is a physical team, skillful, lot of people that can run in behind the back three of Inter and stretch them. And, you know, and then a technical player in the middle of the pitch like Damsgaard, who can pull the string, hit the passes, hit the shot. So Inter needs to be really, really careful. Also because now Sampdoria, they brought in the last day of the transfer market, Ciccio Caputo from Sassuolo, what a cult hero is, mobile attacker, very skillful, again, can run in behind. I think he can form a very good partnership with Quagliarella and not give many references to the three defenders of Inter. They can exchange position a lot. Plus, Sampdoria has got other options on the bench that they can, that they can bring in. So uh, Inter needs to be uh, really, really careful. I know Sampdoria, it's not a team that scores many goals. Basically, they need to create a lot of chances to score goals, which sometimes Inter doesn't allow teams to do. But, you know, it's the beginning of the season and also Inter will be without Lautaro and Correa, because again, they're coming back from South America, so they'll be late Friday morning. They'll be on the bench. And then you look at the, at the other key players, Brozovic, Chalanoglu, Zeko, De Vrij, Skriniers. They all been heavily involved in all the qualifiers with the national teams. Most of them have played three games, the full 90 minutes. So they're going to be obviously a little bit Tired. Next Wednesday, there is a small matter of Inter Real Madrid in the Champions League first, league, first game. So, again, Simone Inzaghi has got die in his mind as well. He needs a good start in Champions League. Basically, what I'm saying is they're going to make changes to the formation. Don't be surprised if you see someone like Gagliardini starting, maybe even Ranocchia at center back, D'Ambrosio. So, there could be a lot of changes there. Maybe we could see a debut from the first minute from Denzel Dumfries, who's been so positive with the Netherlands. But as David points it out, Inter dropping points. Well, David, uh, it could be, it could be, but my bet would be first half draw, 245. Um, yeah, it's a good option, actually, after everything you said, Danny. Inter dropping points, as David is also saying, as it happened. Last season, our next game is quite tricky. Cagliari Genoa in the Sardinia Stadium. Not a good start for these teams. Cagliari 
one point after the draw against uh, Spezia with uh, Joao Pedro scoring both goals and they were thrashed by Milan, whereas Genoa, zero points so far. It's true that they face Napoli and Inter, so they should uh, bounce back Danny, I guess, and at least get something out of uh, Sardinia. Cagliari look fragile this year. Uh, against Spezia, home, conceded two goals, pretty much the same, left a lot of space on the wing. And then, yes, they got it back in the second half, but they lack that kind of you know solidity that was shown in the later in the latter part of last season again under uh, Semplici the same manager which got them saved against Milan they were out of the game too early they didn't lay a glove on them in the end it was a 4-1 easy win uh, for uh, Milan but uh, for this one obviously they'll try to bounce back and they match and they, they find a team that perhaps could be a good match for them they'll both will go out with a 3-5-2 formation but of the two, if I look especially at the players they brought in in the very last day of the market, Genoa, out of a sudden, looks stronger. Caicedo from Lazio, you know, I think is a player that he could have gone in many top teams to be a substitute, but actually went to Genoa. So that's a good cope for, for, for Genoa. Fares from Lazio, Maximovic used to play for Napoli. Again, experienced player with a lot of years in Serie A. Plus, you have to add the eternal Pandev. Destro, in the end, hasn't gone anywhere, and he was still the top scorer last year. Uh, they got a very interesting midfielder in uh, Rovella, uh, players like Sturaro and Criscito, again, experience, uh, uh, Sirigu in goal. They were unlucky to lose against Napoli. They got a goal disallowed that I think it should have stood. In the end, they lost with a goal from Petania in the last few minutes. I think they deserved a point. And again, as I said, uh, they seem stronger out of a sudden. And I think Ballardini uh, showed us last year that he can make this uh, team very hard to beat. Genoa to score first, 240. Then you place Genoa as uh, favourites uh, here and we have good odds if someone wants to back Genoa because, surprisingly, Cagliari is a favourite in this game, 2.15. Then our next game, Spezia Udinese. We said at the beginning of the season, Danny, that Spezia, they might uh, suffer this season. Well, they were completely smashed by Lazio. 6-1 in the last game, as we just mentioned, they caught a draw against Cagliari, but again, eight goals conceded in only two games, whereas Udinese, Dani, on the contrary, four points for them. We always pointed that they have uh, travels scoring, but they scored two against Juve, they scored three against Venezia, and surprisingly, Deulofeu scored in both games. So, of course, the odds, as we can see now, Udinese favourite. So this is the first time Spezia play a, a, a home this season after two games away and they play Udinese who travels for the first time after two home games. So again, uh, this is important because we're going to assess the form of this team in different situations. With Spezia, with so many changes, so many players coming and going uh, on loan this uh, summer, uh, I always wonder, do they have the right players to play the kind of football that Thiago Motta wants? Pressing high, uh, at the same time keeping the possession. I wonder if that team uh, was more set to play the way Italiano was playing uh, last season. But never mind, we'll, we'll have a look. I mean, I'm still amazed by the fact that Mbalanzola is not in the team. 
him, the manager doesn't like him, so they go with an attack of three small players. Uh, Yazi and uh, Verde uh, are obviously the key players there. Interesting that they got uh, a good midfielder, midfielders, a good organizer of the, of the game, Burabia from Sassuolo, in the last minute, uh, pretty much on the last day, so they can deploy Bastoni back and left back when he's more uh, comfortable, so they try to perhaps have a more uh, solid uh, defense, which held them a lot last season, you know, they conceded six at the Stadio Olimpico. Udinese, as you mentioned, it does could be the, the season of Delofeu. I mean, if he continues that way, such a skillful player, a player that is quite mercurial, you know, when, he, when he's in form, he really can make a difference. The problem is that sometimes he doesn't turn up, but he did for the first two games of the season. Now they play away for the first time. Uh, let's not forget, last season, they were not really impressive away from home because the problem with Udinese, they always lack or they always lacked in the first couple of the years a goal scorer, a poacher, someone that creates a goal out of nothing. They tried with Okaka, they tried with Llorente, now they're trying again with Pussetto. These are players that struggle to go in double figures. However, this could be an open game, again, because comes after the international break. I think the surprise could be there. Over 2.5 goals, 196. I lost my faith on the Ulofeo, but let's see, maybe Udine is his place. And then Torino Salernitana, zero points for both teams. Uh, Torino repeating the mistakes of last uh, season when they suffer, remember, a lot to play again in Serie A. They lost against uh, strong rivals like Atalanta and Fiorentina, whereas Salernitana in the random transfer market uh, news, Danny, they got Frank Ribery. They were, there were even rumors to get uh, David Luiz. Finally, David Luiz is not arriving to the south of Italy, but Ribery, yes, also zero points for them. Not the best comeback for sure to the Serie A. Well, Ribery is being welcomed like Maradona at the Stadio Areghi. 10,000 people coming into the e coming on the pitch, doing a bit of a keepy ups, a bit, you know, with, with a scarf. And I mean, what a great atmosphere. I would, I would have loved to be in Salerno that day uh, to see it. And, you know, credit to Ribery. He could have gone anywhere in the world. He's a Champions League winner. He decided to go and fight for the relegation with Salernitana and with Castori's man. I mean, he's a player that played 50 games in the last two years for Fiorentina. Five goals, not many, no great contribution, a few assists more. Let's see what his mindset is because they're gonna struggle. They're gonna struggle this season. You know, comes December, comes January, when they might have eight points, nine points. You know, the Ribery effect might have already faded out. Let's see how they are. However, I think Salernitana did a good uh, transfer market. Uh, you know, they strengthened the teams with a bit, couple of loans, keeping the 3-5-2 formation. Ruggeri on one side from Atalanta. Interesting bite. Kekida from the other side again, a young player. So they're probably more with defensive tasks. I don't know. I'm really impressed by the fact they got Simi from Crotone, the Cameroonian. Last year, he scored 20 goals couple of penalties as well, but that was Crotone, the bottom team of the league. Again, another one like Caicedo. I don't quite understand why a bigger team didn't go for him. It could have been an, ex an excellent substitute. But for this trip uh, to Torino, uh, they find a Torino team that is under pressure because they got a new manager, Juric, who was already upset against his uh, president for not bringing enough quality in the transfer market. Urbano Cairo satisfied him. In the end, he got Pobega, 
good buy. Play for Spezia last year was very useful. Pride, I think, is a good is a good player. Although Leicester letting go, Brecalo, the Croatian, so they got more quality. There is more strength in that in that team. Will these three players start? I'm not sure, but I think they're gonna make a difference to Torino season because the task in hand for Juric is important. He needs to convert Torino from a team that plays in on the counter-attack that used to do it for the last two, three years with a small parenthesis with Marco Giampaolo into a team that dominates the game and impose themselves. Good news for Torino is that Belotti is semi-rested. He hasn't played much with the national team. I see them favorite uh, despite the Ribery effect. Asian handicap, minus one for Torino, 205. Little explainer for, for who doesn't know what the Asian handicap is. If Torino wins with two goals margin, you win the stake. If they win with one goal margin, you don't lose the stake. If they draw, you lost. After so many years in Munich, uh, Riveri can enjoy the sun of the south of Italy. Costiera Malfitan is close, Capri is close, he has a boat, a jet nearby. So there are some things to enjoy in Salerno. It's not a bad place to live, of course. Uh, then let's stay in the north of Italy, Milan, Lazio, also important, Danny, to see if these teams are going to be title contenders because the bookies don't expect that. But I guess there is some hope in the capital, whereas if you are a Lazio supporter or a Roma supporter, maybe this year, they can challenge the title. These two teams, they have won both games. Great start for Pioli again. Thras Cagliari beat also Sampdoria. Remember that they are playing Liverpool in their comeback to the Champions League. I will be very happy to see that game. Whereas Lazio, also Dani, very, very entertaining with uh, Sarri on the bench. Nine goals in only two games. Great, great game. This is the, the second big game of this uh, this weekend. Milan with Ibrahimovic. This time he, re he recovered from uh, the injury, so he'll start. And we know how important the presence of the Swede has been for the last year and a half. He can really lift up the environment. But this is an environment that is already excited. It's already been lifted by such a good start of the season. And, you know, many were thinking, is Milan better than last season? If you look at the transfers they did, they're pretty much there or thereabout. You know, they haven't spend a lot. They actually lost Donnarumma and Chalanoglu on a free. But I think the difference this year is this team is more confident. They played one year together. They kept the same manager, one of the few top teams in Italy to keep the manager. And they got a stronger belief that they have been last year top of the league for over 16, 17 uh, rounds. So they have got a certain belief that they can challenge with the best. Also because this year, the, the league, it's more open than ever because obviously everything we mentioned so far. And also for Milan, the last game at home, I know it was Cagliari, but let's not forget last year, Milan at home were so flat. They were so weak. They lost so many points. I think in the end, uh, they only collected 30 points. So that shows you that 4-1 win, which was very comfortable. They got more confident. Kessier will probably be back for this game. I'm not sure he's going to stay that long in Milan because there is a certain PSG who wants him, so they might steal him again at the end of his contract. So that could go through his mind. It's very difficult for Milan to compete with such a, a power like PSG. But for this game, they, fa they face a Lazio team who also had... A very good transfer window. I think, you know, they didn't sell the best players. Milinkovic-Savic is still there. Obviously, Mobile is still there. 
Luis Alberto is there. Yes, they left Correa go, but they brought players that are more functional to the way Sarri plays. For example, Pedro, who can play on the left-hand side, can play it as a false nine. Felipe Anderson is great on the wing. They got Zaccagni from Verona in the very last day of the transfer market. I think he was tipped as being one of the best players, at least for the you know last year, year and a half in Serie A. So that was a good buy. And, you know, they still got uh, the Kosovarian Muriki. He scores a lot with the national team, not so much with Lazio. They brought him last year for 17 millions. It's something different from Immobile. But could this be his season? I can see for a team like this, having two weeks rest is an advantage because they could assimilate and learn Sarri's philosophy a little bit more. Obviously, the players who stayed in Rome uh, to train. Uh, they are without Lazzari for this one, so that's you know a bit of a concern there at the right back. Uh, open game, both to score, doesn't pay much, but check both to score in the second half, and all of a sudden, bigger odds. Both to score in the second half, just like just like last year, who finished 3-2, 272. Mm -hmm. Insigne, for, uh, Insigne no, Immobile, four goals in these two games. He's been criticized by Casano. For instance, uh, also who, let's open a parenthesis. Who has who Cassano hasn't criticized? Who, he doesn't <laughs> like Barella. He doesn't like Lukaku. He doesn't like I don't know someone else. Doesn't like him. Who, who does he actually like? I don't. I don't get it. Doesn't like Jorginho, by the way. Doesn't like Jorginho. Okay. <laughs> when Cassano speaks, is always fun. Next game yeah, is. One of Casano's teams, uh, Roma. Roma Sassuolo, very interesting game as well. Uh, last season, this team drew actually both games. Uh, perfect start for the special one in Roma. 0 4 against Salernitana. We said, no, it's going to be a close game. Roma is going to wrap up the game, but they are going to suffer. No, 0 4. And the best news is that Abraham already scored for them, but a two, three goals. So everything is very positive. For the Giallorossi, but they have a good test here now, Danny, with Sassuolo, four points also. Not a bad start at all for them uh, drawing against Sandori and beating Verona on the road. What do you expect here? A close game, because, you know, let's not forget last year, Roma and Sassuolo were uh, very close together. I mean, Ro Roma edged past Sassuolo in the very last day of uh, Serie A to qualify for the um, conference uh, conference league, I think that's called it. conference league. Uh, oh, for me, competition. I was almost saying cup winners cup, but anyway, uh, Roma uh, in, impressive start uh, because they create chances. Uh, they seem ruthless. They take the chances as well, and you know also when they, when they travel to uh, Stadio Reggi, they, they were uh, by far uh, the best uh, team. Uh, let's see how much the effect lasts, uh, how much he reinvig has reinvigorated the team. Let's not forget, this was the best, the biggest spender in Serie A this season. So they have strengthened uh, the team with Tammy Abram above all. Uh, little problem for Loma this, this uh, week. They are without a left back because Spinazzola, we know, is injured. Vigna, the Uruguayan, picked up an injury with his national team. So it's the young Calafiori who needs to start. Uh, but they got a lot of options also up front. Interesting to see if Shomudoro and Abraham can play together. There is also Borja Mayoral. There is also a Sharawi. And, you know, 
again, Mourinho can change the formation if he wants to. He can drop Lorenzo Pellegrini into midfield to leave more space for uh, Zaniolo, maybe for another attacking player. So it's about how Mourinho manages that situation, especially so far it seems that Roma, when they scored the first one, they didn't sit back and defend, but they went for the second one. However, Sassuolo, interesting also under Dionisi, a little bit underwhelming against Sampdoria, nil-nil, I didn't expect that, I expected many more goals, they didn't create the clear-cut chance, but for this one, they get Berardi back, not because he was injured, only because they thought they were going to sell him, so they didn't play in the first two games, probably your best players, it's not a great idea, maybe, but he actually, Berardi stayed there, so he will try to recover from the so-so performance he's done so far with the national team in this international break. Uh, they got a lot of hopes on Raspadoria from the young striker. They also got Scamacca, who last year did well with Genoa. And, you know, then the most interesting part of the, of the team is the midfielder. Fratesi and Maxim Lopez, two small players, very good on the ball. They will give Veretout and whoever plays alongside the midfield uh, a good run for the money. Uh, someone, Lyle, I think, was looking for value on this game. Roma to score in both halves, as they've done against Fiorentina, as they've done against Salernitana, 2.10. Yeah, Lyle was in Roma to score in both halves. Uh, Roma will be my banker, just trying to see where is the value. Was so you just uh, mentioned where the value is in this uh, game at the Olimpico and our last game is uh, at the Renato Dallara, Bologna, Verona, two teams that started the season completely different. Bologna, four points after being knocked out of the Coppa Italia. They were surprisingly able to take a draw against uh, Atalanta and as we know, they beat uh, Salernitana in the opening game for Verona, Dani. Two defeats. What do you expect here? Well, before before I drop my microphone, yeah, Bologna, Bologna, Verona, uh, the Monday night. I mean, all right, so I try not, just try to big the game up a bit. Uh, I mean, I think the both teams uh, they lost quite a lot in the last few days of transfer. Tomiasu from Bologna to Arsenal. They lose a very good defender. They lose. They lost one of the best players in the last two years. And Zaccagni, as I mentioned, from Verona to uh, Lazio. Uh, however, Bologna maintain a very creative uh, top, uh, you know, a very creative uh, up front, uh, team up front, lots of options. Arnautovic is already showing why they brought him in. He's important, someone who holds the ball open the space, scores you goals, something that Bologna didn't have in the last two, three years. They had to play with Palacio up front, not really his role. I'm really interested to see on this home game how Orsolini and Sansone benefit from having Arnautovic, how much space uh, they're going to have, you know, both they're going to start from the first minute. The concern with Bologna is the defense old uh, and, and, you know, maybe protected by a midfield that is not really experienced. Although Skowolsen is playing a bit more with uh, Denmark, so it could be a good prospect there. But, you know, the centre-back with Medel, yes, they brought Bonifazzi, they got the Silvestri, great in uh, the in the air, uh, scored two goals against Sanitana, but again, he's on the old side. So as the season progresses, Mihailovic will have to rotate them quite a lot. With Verona, they lost against Inter. They took the lead thanks to an Inter mistake. They were okay for 25-30 games while the game was at slow pace. Then they lost control of the midfield 
and they surrendered the lead and Inter won comfortably. The good news for Di Francesco is that Miguel Beloso is back. Very important player in the last three or four games because he's the player that makes them tick, that set the tempo in midfield. But let's forget about this for a moment and think how much is Di Francesco able to impose his own style of ball possession on a team that was set up by Juric for being physical, pressing up high, going long, going direct. That's how Verona plays. So let's see if they're still in transition. Uh, is a team that sometimes, I think, uh, when they tire out, because they lack a bit of quality, when they tire out in the second half, they seem to concede. And they've done it in both games so far this season. They also lack a goal scorer. For this reason, Bologna to win, good odd, you could go for it. But I'm going to go on one better. Bologna to win the second half. Because I think Verona in the second half sometimes drop backs too deep. 248. Bologna to win the second half. Arnautovic, for sure, he's not going to be very happy after the performance of Austria in this international break. And thanks also to Thomas Tuchel, who is with us also following our videos. Not tomorrow we have great manager and tomorrow we have the Premier League uh, with Tom Rennie just in 25 hours exactly so you can follow Tom tips about Chelsea Danny but we are with Serie A we and you have analyzed absolutely everything of this uh, third match day only thing missing is your Aka and for those who are new we have to say that Danny nailed his Aka last season quite a few times couple of times couple of times and the Aka on the World Cup qualifiers is still alive go and check that video if you haven't put a bet why not Napoli Juventus both to score Cagliari Genoa over 1.5 goals Torino to win against Salernitana Milan Lazio over 2.5 goals Bologna to take the lead against Verona on the Monday night total odds 11-69 all right, we will write the ACA in the description as always. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, guys, for being with us. Still, please leave a comment in the video. We want to listen your tips or your comments for Danny's tips. And don't forget to click on the like and subscribe and click on the bell to get notifications. Uh, Danny, next week we have Champions League, we have Europa League, we have Serie A. So football is on and we will see again next week. Thanks, Danny. See you. Best week ever. See you later.